up, tacos? How you doing? How you living? Coming here to preview week six of the NFL season, Justin Treese and myself, Austin Cunningham. Plenty to get into. Le'Veon Bell has been released out of New York, the dumpster fire that is the New York Jets. Uh, other running back news going on with Melvin Gordon, and then some Monday Night Football and Tuesday Night Football recaps before we get into the official preview. But my man, Justin Treese, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. Uh, it was awesome to have games on Monday and Tuesday night. Very disappointing that we don't have Thursday night. It's really funny that everybody's always all up against having Tuesday or sorry Thursday games, saying Thursday night games suck. And now here it is, everybody wishing that there was Thursday night football. Wondering what am, what am I gonna do until Saturday? That's what everybody's wondering right now. You know, that's kind of almost exactly where I'm at because earlier in the week I was like, you know. I love having it on Tuesdays. Like, it was nice to have a game all day Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. And, the, and now it's Wednesday, the day we're recording. And I'm like, man, what do I got tomorrow? There's no football to watch. Like, what, am I going to watch Mac? No, because they're not back yet. So it's like, fuck. I have to figure something out. I guess I'm watching playoff baseball. But it's all right. I do think eventually at some point, maybe – Maybe not, depending on like how everyone else is feeling with there not being a game on tomorrow night. Maybe we just see more of Monday, Tuesday night football. Yeah, I would hate that. <laughs> I mean, I really enjoyed it, but like, I think I think players would hate that. Like, if they had to play on Tuesday and then turn around and play again on Sunday, um, that would suck. So. We'll see, though. Uh, I mean, as a fan, I guess I said I'd hate it, but I really meant the players would hate it. I would like it because, again, I want football on every single day. So uh, I'm all for it. Would you much rather play Sunday and then Thursday or Tuesday and then Sunday? I mean, isn't it the same amount of days? No. Because you play Sunday. You get Monday as a rest day. You prepare Tuesday, Wednesday, and travel on Wednesday, then play Thursday. Yeah, I guess you get an extra day of rest, huh? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, it's an extra day of rest. So I guess the answer would be the players would probably say yes to it. <laughs> oh, shit. Just want to make sure everyone heard that. Justin Treese just agreed with me. I wouldn't go that far. As like oh, three. there we are. I would just say the math adds up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Speaking uh, yeah, of just... disagreements, though, Le'Veon Bell and the New York Jets have gone their separate ways. They've called it quits. It isn't working. Le'Veon Bell got a huge contract, got the payday that he wanted, or at least got what he wanted in terms of guaranteed money to go to New York. New York then goes, hey, we're going to have We're going to hire – this crazy-eyed guy out of Miami who just got fired because he couldn't get the job done there. So let's just hire a guy that was in our division who, you know, didn't have that good of luck in Miami. We saw it firsthand. We played him twice a year. Let's see what he can do here. Ever since then, it's just not been well. The moment he came in, I was like, ooh, I don't like Le'Veon Bell. Why'd you guys do that? And since it's just been all downhill, now he has been released. They've been trying to trade him. It wasn't working. And now he's on the market. And people are just trying to, you know, pinpoint, connect all the dots because there's a shit ton of them right now on where could he go next. Personally, I do have a gut feeling it is in Kansas City. 
And Teresa, I know you have some thoughts on that, and I can't wait to fully hear them because you tried to tell me before we started recording. I said, man, just save it for the freaking podcast. So other teams, other landing spots that I think would be interesting would be the Cardinals, uh, maybe the Chargers, kind of depending on where they're at with Austin Eckler. Melvin Gordon, uh, let's just kind of get into that as well, has gotten in trouble, got a DUI the other night. Uh, so he's most likely going to be suspended and miss at least a game or two or kind of depending on how the NFL rules that. Maybe the Broncos could be using a running back or needing one, especially with uh, Drew Locke returning. There's several places where he might go, but I at least want to start off on Trace. What are your thoughts at on Le'Veon Bell possibly landing with the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, so I'm going to do the short answer first of other teams, actually. Uh, one that I like is the Bears with Tariq Cohen out. Sign him to the rest of the year deal. Let it be uh, Bell and Montgomery and let those two roll. So I really like that fit. Um, I know Cardinals are getting brought up. You brought them, but I don't think Bell's better than Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds. So I wouldn't do I that. I agree with that. I wouldn't do that route either. So um, on to the Chiefs part of this. I don't get it. I don't understand. Like I, I need you to help me understand why on earth you would want this. The dude, and I brought this up like a month ago, and you were shocked that last time you had a twenty-yard run in the NFL was when the Jaguars broke up the Steelers. They fucking ruined them, right? A, uh, AFC uh, divisional round, they beat them in in Pittsburgh, and they haven't won a playoff game since. And none of those guys they ever played again, basically, uh, especially <laughs> together. Um, like, why on earth would you one want him? Like, that is so disrespectful to Daryl Williams, who's actually doing well. And then you were just like all summer. I had to hear about Ceh Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And how great he's going to be in this offense. And for the record, he has been good. A lot of people think that there's like regression and people aren't playing well and stuff like that. Like that's bullshit. The Chiefs are doing just fine. Um, I don't get it. Like where on earth does he fit into this scheme? Because he's not going to play special teams. So like now all of a sudden now you have to get one of your running backs off of the or off of the active roster because he's not going to do that. Darwin Thompson. So probably Darwin Thompson. Not worth it to me. And again, Le'Veon Bell, I don't think can do anything that CEH or Daryl Williams can't do. So within that, it's more of like just adding another weapon to the offense. With weapon, losing- weapon being his name. Because he's really not that talented anymore. I, I feel like that's hard to say with him being with the Jets. Like, no one's a weapon with the Jets right now. There's literally nothing to be excited for. Like, there's no offensive game plan that's working. I mean, no running back is doing well. Frank Gore, let's just pound him up the middle over and over and over because, God forbid, we try to do anything else. And in receiving-wise, like, you don't, there's not anyone that just takes away or distracts the defense. Le'Veon Bell did very well, that rhymes, in Pittsburgh because there was other weapons there. Like, you had to worry about Antonio Brown. You had to worry about the other receivers that were there. And defenses had to hold back. You know, they couldn't let just – excuse me. They couldn't just let Antonio Brown run by them like, okay, let's keep an eye on Le'Veon Bell. It was, hey, everyone else is downfield. Le'Veon's right here. Let's drop the ball off. Let's maybe target him in the passing game. 
and then go make it happen afterwards because that's what he's good is when the ball's in his hand and he has has room to work. Same can be said to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like, it's not a knock on him if with the feeling of wanting or maybe getting Le'Veon Bell in this offense. The dots that connect there is the relationship that Le'Veon Bell and Chris Jones have from working out together in Miami is where I believe it was, or at least in Florida. Florida, Miami, pretty much same difference. It's beautiful. That's where like some dots connect. But if he were to join the Chiefs, they just lost Kaleshi Osimile, their left guard. They're struggling interior offensive line. There's really nobody out there in free agency that the Chiefs can go get to fix the offensive line. So what they're going to have to focus on is getting the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand even quicker than they are now. And that's why he's been dealing with so much pressure. There's constantly, you can't say numerous sacks because he gets the ball out and is able to elude pressure to make something happen. And that's also what just makes Patrick Mahomes so great. You put Le'Veon Bell in the mix and you put him on the other side of Patrick Mahomes and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, like that's just you're asking for a magic to be happening and that's even more of like a pick your poison type deal kind of like what kansas city was wanting last year with uh oh my god LaShawn uh, mccoy thank you LaShawn mccoy i wanted to say LaShawn jackson and i knew it wasn't right i don't know what happened with my mind but like that's the thing though like that's what people are hoping for in kansas city is a possibility of two running backs that can play the same type of ball and if clyde edwards is to come out Boom, put in Le'Veon Bell and just flip-flop it. Maybe Clyde Edwards-Alaire can learn a little something here or there from Le'Veon Bell and vice versa. But there's just the excitement opportunity that is there with, excuse me, with Bell to join the Chiefs and just kind of help fix some things that you're starting to notice they're struggling with. We we will absolutely never agree on this, right? Like, we, we just won't. Uh, it's your team, so you're obviously going to know better than I am. But I am saying he is not going to help this team. I don't see in any way he can. Like you said, the interior offensive line is hurt and not playing well. Le'Veon Bell has to get the ball, stop for three seconds, let a good offensive line move defenders, and then take off running. If you don't have a good interior offensive line, that's not going to happen. So you are going to tell me that you are going to pick up a running back for pass catching abilities only when you drafted one 32 overall that was the best pass catcher out of college football as a running back to do that specific thing and then you already have a bruiser and a guy that can read the offensive line in daryl uh daryl williams as well i just don't get it i I, again we're not i don't think we're going to agree on no i mean you're making fair points i'll respect your thing and i and honestly like the reports are you're going to be right on them signing him so like i will say that like it does sound like he he is the favorite to go there i just don't see why i to me i just i just don't see it i just think there's something interesting there where andy Reid can look at it and go awesome like eric Bieniemy can look at and go hey we can just add to this offense even more we lost sammy watkins like the loss of sammy watkins means so much more to the production of this offense than people want to give credit for and i don't get why they do in treats i'm not saying this as you but people look at sammy watkins and they're like oh he's injury prone yes (laughs) since being in kansas city he's missed at least three or four games due to a foot or hamstring issue 
on his lower body. And you're just like, are you freaking serious? But the thing is, when he's in and playing, that dude is getting five, six, seven receptions and pumping out at least 40 to 50, excuse me, 40 to 70 yards in production. And those all come in like key moments that keep the drives going for this offense. You take that out. And it's like, who's going to step up? Demarcus Robinson, who can't catch a cold right now. McCole Hardman, who we haven't seen get separation in his routes. I Maybe that's something that's still being developed, and that's fine. But the amount of hype that has been surrounding him, just want to see more of it. Like, I just want to see the development just happen. Maybe a little quicker with him, instead of just being the explosive plays here, there, and gimmicky plays. And then Byron Pringle, maybe show something. But it's just, I mean, it's the same thing. I'm just going to keep reiterating it. The loss of Sammy Watkins is huge, and the possibility of adding in Le'Veon Bell might make a difference. All right. I mean, I've already said this on the podcast a couple times, and it was before the Watkins injury. I said, if Watkins goes down, it's not going to be Hardman taking his place. Hardman plays the same position as Tyreek Hill. Like, they are not going to be moving him over there to play full-time. Yes, they will try to get Hardman to be playing that position. Obviously, you don't want to just be, oh, he only plays one position. But he will not move into that position full-time. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, I know you're a big uh, Pringle fan, and so I think that he is going to probably be the guy that kind of takes in that role while Sammy Watkins is out. And, and honestly, I hope so. I mean, he is a local guy that went to Kansas State, and he comes in and kind of earned a role through preseason, and then he dealt with an injury, comes back last year. Um, and he does just enough for the team where it's like, okay, hey, maybe maybe this is it. But it's like the opportunities haven't been there enough for him to continue to produce. So that's been the question mark with it. But there's that hope there. So For sure. For sure. I think this is the first disagreement we've had that's, like, pretty abundant. Like, pretty clear on, like, hey, uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, I actually want to hang up on you right now. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm hey. just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Fuck you. Never, I'm hanging up I'm right never, now. <laughs> I'd never do that. Um, but really, you though, yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it, is a, uh, it is something that we very – I think we both have strong feelings on that we feel differently about. So, um We'll see how it all plays out. I will absolutely eat crow if I am wrong here. So um, let's move on to some injuries. So Chandler Jones got announced that he is out for the year with a torn bicep. So um, big injury there. I brought this up. I can't remember when I brought this up, but I was saying I think Isaiah Simmons kind of maybe moves into that more pass rushing role. So they've already said that he might start playing a little bit of safety. I don't know if you noticed, by Isaiah Simmons has hardly played this year, and yep. it's not not because of injury. Like he just they just for some reason are not finding a spot for him. He has like six tackles on the season. I think he averages playing like twelve snaps a game, something like that. So I said they'll think put him in safety, and then sorry about that. And then I personally think that they should try to put him on the outside linebacker, and then he can just play in that either that zone when they're doing that, or be a pass rusher. I just let the dude go play defense. Like, let him just play football. Like, is he just so much of a utility man that you don't know what to do with him? Just let him go freaking play. Like, see where a weakness is. Like, hey, could we use speed here? Bam. There it is. Do we need someone that can, you know, cover and make a tackle? Bam. There it is. 
I just feel like that's kind of odd that they're not able to find a role for him. Like, I know it was difficult for people to figure it out going through the draft process. I didn't realize defensive coordinators were having the same issue on, like, where can I play him? Yeah. It's interesting. A um, couple other things. Julio Jones still not practicing yet. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he missed another game. Dalvin Cook, we talked about him last episode. Sounds like he's not going to be uh, playing. So, uh, Alexander Madison, big-time fantasy guy this week. And then Devontae Adams is back at practice. So, coming off the bye week, it sounds like uh, Green Bay is going to be back to uh, full health here. I actually saw something very interesting on Twitter the other day because I was, we were just looking and I'm like, I was just like, how was I so wrong on the Packers? Right. And I'm just trying to like go and like try to figure out like, what, what did I miss? And obviously a lot of it was, I just didn't think they would win close games, but they're not having close games. Like they're just <laughs> blowing everybody out. Blowing so, everyone out. So maybe my point is still valid. Uh, if they start having close games, I don't know, but I will say they have gotten extremely lucky on the defensive side of not having to face those teams' number one wide receivers. So, game number one against the Vikings, obviously without Stephon Diggs. So, first game of that offense without Diggs. Uh, then they play the Lions. I can't remember if that was week two or three. Uh, no Ken- no Kenny Galladay. And then yep. they played the Saints. No Michael Thomas. And then they played yep. Julio Jones before their bye in the Falcons. And Julio Jones played not even a full half. I think he played like 20% of the snaps that game. So they, and then, that's a great point. And then, um, but the, this week they played Tampa Bay. So they're going to get the Bucks with kind of a week and a half, right? Because the Bucks played Thursday night. So that'll be interesting to see that. Uh, Michael or Mike Evans being healthy, do they get Chris Godwin back? They're not obviously. There's going to be no uh, Howard because he tore his ACL. But this will be interesting. And given Alexander Madison's been shutting down anybody anyway, so or Alexander, sorry, what's his name? Jair Alexander. I think I said that. Yes. Alexander Madison. Sorry, Jair Alexander. Shit out of me. Yeah, sorry. Jair Alexander is a stud cornerback, and I think he can shut down all these guys anyways. But he might have his first real, real test this, this And week. Tom Brady made himself look like a fool not knowing what down it was on national television. Yes. Probably embarrassed by that. So you're getting a pissed off Tom Brady in the mix as well. Exactly. So This is going to be a good game. It's going to be. I'm excited for it. Before we get into those breakdowns, let's talk about some Monday night game and Tuesday night game. So I'm going to start breaking down the Monday night game. Um... That game was awesome. Uh, Justin Herbert is so much fun to watch. Um, Mike Williams is the perfect wide receiver for him. Mike Evans is finally going... Mike Williams. I said Mike Evans. Mike Williams. I'm struggling today. Mike Williams is going to be amazing for him, amazing in this offense. You're going to see that potential of why he was a top 10 pick. And then also, you still have the amazing Keenan Allen, who... Unfortunately, we only got to see play one drive, and it was a touchdown drive. Uh, after that, he left with a back injury. So, uh, great, great tandem there. Um, and then you don't have Eckler yet, but man, Justin Jackson looked fantastic. Uh, I know there's a whole but a whole bunch of craze for Joshua Kelly, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody really, really likes him. I mean, he had a huge game against the Chiefs, obviously, so you know about him. But, like, I never really saw it at UCLA from a Pac-12 area. Like, I watched him quite a bit. I just never really was, like, wowed by him. And, like, looking at it, the, the dude's averaging, like, three yards like three yards a carry. He's really not that good. He just had a very good game against the Chiefs. And other than that, he's actually been kind of bad. I wouldn't be surprised if they started moving more into the Justin Jackson and then when Eckler gets into it, it's those two and not Joshua Kelly. Wow. Well, Jackson is, I believe, number one on the depth chart right now with Austin Eckler being out with an injury. Yeah, so, so well, correct. And Jackson was injured, and that's why Kelly got all the work against the yep. Chiefs. So, and yes, he is number one, and he out-snapped him by, like, double the amount on yep. Monday night. I just, I think the thing with with Kelly that gets people, like, enjoying his game or his style of play is what he does after the catch. And that was kind of like what he had so many opportunities with against the Chiefs was, hey, just dump it off. The linebackers can't tackle me. I'm going to make one move, shut an arm tackle, and then be on my way. That's kind of what it was against the Chiefs. But I don't think like that's a really bad one-two tandem there for the Chargers. And then Justin Herbert, man, you talk about how he played in that game. Lights freaking out. Like that dude is clearly in just – without a doubt, the franchise, the future of the Los Angeles Chargers. And Anthony Lynn has to be so excited about it because he gets to come in as a head coach with Phillip Rivers. You see the end. You see the demise of what, uh, you know, the Hall of Famer Rivers is there with Los Angeles from San Diego to L.A. And then you go and draft Justin Herbert. You nail that pick. I mean, awesome. With the receiving core that's around him, the offensive line hasn't been terrible and then you look at the weapons, like you said, man, Mike Williams, top 10 pick. We're seeing the reasons why here. When he is healthy, that dude just freaking balls out in every aspect of the way. When you need him to catch a deep ball, of course, my phone rings, my laptop. You love to see that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Mike Williams, the end of the game, is like, man, we need a 50-50 ball. Throw it up. The dude makes it happen. Keenan Allen... Trees, just like you said, the one drive that they get, they go down and score a touchdown. He leaves with a back injury. But you just you look at the Chargers in this offense that was kind of already built with the end of Phillip Rivers being there, but now it's there for the start of Justin Herbert. And it's just kind of like a perfect transition in terms of quarterbacks. And now these receivers just kind of – I don't know how to say this. With There's no way to say it without dissing Phillip Rivers. It's more of the fact of – the receivers seem more excited to be playing here because they know those deep shots are coming in faster. They're not being floated where they have to stop and lose all their momentum. They can keep running underneath it, and that's easier for them to jump up and fight for it. Um, so I like what the Chargers did. In terms of the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees, boy, he is struggling to get the ball down the field. And I know that's like super obvious and like no shit, Austin. We all see it. I know we do, but it's one of those things where he gets one open, like, what, 40-yard pass to Cook for a touchdown who was wide open. Like, I don't want to give any praise there for that. He made the right read. It's Drew Brees. He's a, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer there. He made the right play. But if you take Alvin Kamara out of this offense with Michael Thomas already being out, you're really looking at, like, oof, I don't know how good these guys are really are without those two and there's nothing wrong with that but you can just tell that's how that offense runs the one thing that is frustrating though when watching this team play 
is seeing Drew Brees get into a rhythm and then they just bring in Taysom Hill. I've heard people say, well, it just keeps the defense, you know, on the edge of their seats. So I'm not sure how they're going to play it. What are they going to do? What's Taysom Hill doing? The ball is either going to Taysom Hill in some way, shape, or form, or he's going to hand it off. Like, that's pretty much it. Like, when Taysom Hill comes in the game, just find someone and just have them just laser-focused on him and don't let him beat you on coming into one play to run in for a touchdown. It's just like that's just ridiculous to me that the Saints are able to do that with him. I mean, at the same time, though, it's working. It is what it is. Drew Brees and the Saints got lucky. They won that game. Justin Herbert did his part in leading the Chargers down the field. You put it in the hands of a kicker. Or excuse me. You put it in the foot of a kicker. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And for the Los Angeles Chargers, it sure as hell did not work. Yeah, it didn't work. Um, and I never really talked about the Saints either. And, man, they are just not that good of a team. <laughs> like, it's a weird 3-2 and two team. They're just not that good. And, again, yes, we want to see it with uh, – what is his name? Sorry, Michael Thomas. Uh, without yes. Michael Thomas. But, yeah, I mean – fined $56,000. Yeah, I saw that. So – We'll see. We'll see when it's back like that. Uh, when he's back, let's see what happens to this offense. But, yeah, just overall, like, they just didn't play very well. They were missing tons of tackles and stuff like that. So, just um, an interesting situation. Um, moving on to Tuesday night. Uh, yeah, Titans, I mean, I'm going to keep it short and sweet so we can get to uh, week six previews. But Titans kind of just beat them up, given, I will say, the Bills were missing a lot of key players. Uh, Tredavious White was out. Uh, John Brown was out. Zach Moss was out. Like they were missing some good guys, and I think that they really were saying, "Hey, like we got to make sure we beat the Chiefs next week." Uh, I think they really probably did believe one. Maybe they overlooked the Titans a little bit, and two, they probably think the Titans are going to lose some games this year. Like they're just going to. Uh, they play, have to play the Colts a couple times still. Uh, they almost lost to the Jags already. Do the Jags play them tough again? Like Houston, they still have to play twice. They still have to play the Ravens. I'm, in their head, they might be saying, hey, like, they're going to lose some. Like, our real fight for uh, seed one is going to be with the Chiefs. So let's make sure we're healthy for that game. And then for the Titans, good. I mean, just props. Like, good for them for showing up after everything that's gone on the last two weeks for them. Like, all you can do is just give them a nod, right? Like they, it was great. Taylor one, like went off on after, like running off the field about like that. I dislike that dude so much. Like he just bugs the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> just me, and maybe it's because he's a titan. But like, no, I'm like I, I mean, I'm kind of getting there with you though. Like I used to, I actually used to really like him, and I thought it was like cool, like an offensive lineman and stuff like that. And then I'm like, ah, dude. Sometimes, like, there's, like, that, like, you cross it over. Like, you're, like, dude, you're doing just enough to, like, make it so I like you. And then, like, sometimes it's, like, okay, you go overboard. Like, what he did to, like, Josh uh, Norman, who was speaking of Josh Norman in this game, RIP. Um, but, like, when he went to <laughs> after the game and did the bow and arrow thing, like, that was awesome. Um, if you guys don't get the joke about RIP, uh, I'm just happy that that stiff, arm, that stiff arm is now – the video everybody's going to watch instead of the 99 yard run uh against the jaguars so i'm just happy about that no they're definitely going to see both of them it's just a matter of which one is first or second in the video because those were both just disgusting 
how dominant and strong that stiff arm is. It's, it's ridiculous how good he continues to be in terms of Derrick Henry. But like with the Titans, man, they just they owned every aspect of this football game on Tuesday night. Like in the run game, passing it, like Ryan Tannehill looked good. Three tap excuse me, three passing touchdowns. Was able to get the job done with his legs. This defense was able to slow down the offense of the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen was like, you know, all out of whack at times, but then you see him get back on track and make plays, and it's like, what's going on? And then you get two turnovers that one of them clearly wasn't your fault. The other one, I don't know if it was just a miscommunication or we need to give that much props to Malcolm Butler for putting himself in the right spot. But it's just, it was a disappointing loss for the Bills, and I just, I didn't, of course, and if I didn't, I'm assuming a lot of other people didn't either, expect the Titans to play as well as they did. Like, you go through 16 days of hardly getting to practice, dealing with all the noise of, like, man, you guys should forfeit. Like, you sh- you're ruining the NFL season right now. You tried to put together, like, a team practice, and now you have to waste even more time. And more players and, like, staff members are testing positive for COVID. Like, what's going on in Tennessee? They just come out and flat out destroyed the Buffalo Bills this game. Damn. Like, there's nothing you can really say to just, like, argue it. They had their backs against the wall, and they came out swinging, and they nailed every punch right on the chin. So you got to give props to the Titans for dealing and handling everything the way they did. I know Treese hates them, but they're looking pretty dangerous. And I know what you just said with the Buffalo Bills mindset. I think they might want to take them a little bit more seriously because they were in the AFC Championship game for a reason. Yeah, 100%. I mean, for the record, I'm taking them seriously. I had them as the number three seed heading into the playoffs. So, um, all right, let's move on in to the previews. And since we're already talking about the Titans, let's do it again. Uh, let's actually let's do a little preview here. So, uh, spread record. Because the Saints did not win by seven, you did win that Monday night game. So, congrats to you there. Oh, and also... Uh, we didn't end up doing the Bills game because there wasn't a spread at that point, so I don't have that yep. one on our record. So, um, Austin, you are 44-29-2. I'm 43-30-2, so you have me on one point there. And then player prop bets didn't change. I have you by two there. So both of them super close and can change at any moment. So let's start off with the spread games, and uh, we'll go the Houston Texans versus the Tennessee Titans and the Titans are three point favorites. And I will let you go. I'm actually going to take the Texans here. I know they're traveling on the road to face the Titans and the Titans just had a great game and they just walloped the Buffalo bills. I just went and praised them. But you look at the Houston Texans, they're excited to be playing football again. Brandon cooks had a monster game last week, sitting right there on my bench in fantasy football. So you love to see it. Um, the only question I have is, are they going to be able to slow down Derrick Henry enough to where they force Tannehill to have to beat them through the air for a huge chunk of the game? Within that, it's easy to play. It's easier to play quarterback, I should say, when you have a lead. Uh, but when you're fighting and you know just clawing your way down the field on passes and you can't make any mistakes or you cost yourself the game, it gets a little bit more difficult. I'm expecting this game to be a close one, but I am going to pick the Houston Texans to win. All right, interesting, interesting. Um, so you're going to take the Houston Texans to win this game. <sighs> I'm going to take the Titans. I think that they end up winning again here. Um, 
short week, obviously, but I think that they're ready to roll. I think that they're going to be able to get some pressure and cause some headaches for Watson. I think that the Texans have a very, very hard time stopping the run. Uh, the Jags just did had a horrible game plan on not giving enough run uh, plays to James Robinson last year week, and I think that it's just time for uh, Mr. Derrick Henry to go for like a buck fifty. So I'm going to take the Titans to to win this game and cover it by at least three. Damn. Okay. Uh, next game, the Cincinnati Bengals are traveling to Indianapolis, where the Colts are favored by seven and a half. I am going to take the Colts. I am going to take Philip Rivers in this game uh, in that defense. They just came up with a close loss. Um, against the Cleveland Browns, it, not everything went their way. They went away from the running game. I think they need to go back to it, and they're going to have some great success here against the Bengals in doing so. The only concern that I have is how does Joe Burrow respond coming off another loss? And then do we see more of Joe Mixon in this game plan as well? That's kind of my only like hesitations within it, but I'm taking the Colts at 7.5. Man, seven and a half is just so many points. But I mean, the Bengals just haven't looked that good. I mean, given the Colts look pretty bad, but the problem is, is I think the Colts are losing the ga- they're losing games that they're facing teams that can run the ball very well, and the Bengals just can't. Not Joe Mixon's fault; it's the offensive line's fault. Uh, also, we should talk about AJ Green. Let's talk about the elephant in the room here. Uh, that dude wants out. Uh, yeah, trade him. Soon. Yeah, and. That'll be interesting how that plays out. But, like, that video of after the pick where he basically runs away uh, is such a bad look. It's so bad. Um, oh, I don't I don't love this. I really don't. I think 7.5 is just too many points. But I kind of think the Colts can do it. Yep, I'm going to take the Colts. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go there with you. Uh, is this finally the game that they just say, okay, let's let... Let's let Jonathan Taylor just take over. Like I hope so. It should be. It It should have been last week, but it should have been since week one. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna do that. I think the Bengals can't stop the run, um, and I think they can't run the ball, which is the Colts. uh, You know, Achilles Hill. So both. So same there. Uh, So we do have one difference so far. Uh, Falcons versus Vikings. Vikings three and a half point favorites. Um, I'll go first on this one. So this one's tough, and I actually, I kind of want to take the Falcons just because they just fired everybody and they just get out of let's, town. Let's go. Get out of town. You last you time can't you said be serious. Last time you said get out of town, you can't be serious was when I said the Jags were going to beat the Colts, um, and I still have not gotten an apology for that one. Uh, I'm still waiting. It's probably in the mail, right? Like I, I don't I, think mail- that was the game I said that too. Oh, well, well, dude, we have it on video. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, if I knew Julio was going to play, I would take the Falcons 100. percent I really would, but I'm not going to. I'll take the Vikings. Um, I'll take the Vikings just because I don't know if Julio's going to play. <laughs> I don't think it matters. I think the way, yes, the Vikings, they, they lost another game, but it's just, it looks like they're close to putting everything together, and yes, you don't have Dalvin Cook. Madsen played all right. Like They weren't bad. Honestly, they weren't. So, 
I think the Vikings are fine. You look at the Falcons. You fired your head coach. That doesn't make this team any better. Like, it, the defense is still god-awful. And the Vikings can run the ball. They've shown the ability to throw it. I just look at it, and I just look at this game, and I was like, three and a half? I bet the Vikings win by at least 10-plus points this game. And it's not like a huge prediction. But, yeah, like the the Falcons, they're going to have some, like, rally purpose of, like, man, Dan Quinn just got fired. Let's try and do this for him. That was last year when he was on the hot seat. Like, it's just not going to happen again. The Vikings all the way. Thank you. Okay. I'll, I'll take the Falcons. Just keep letting me get the lead. Yep. I'm going to argue with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll switch mine. I'll take if the Falcons. If this goes to another Chiefs-Raiders game, I'm going to be mad at myself. <laughs> so, let's do that. Uh, this, that's That'll make that game a little bit more entertaining for me. Uh, moving on, Lions versus Jaguars. Detroit, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. And um, it does look like Miles Jack and C.J. Henderson and John, uh, and Allen, Josh Allen, are going to be back for the Jaguars' defense, which is fantastic. Jaguars' defense still isn't that good. <laughs> um, and I think that the Lions are going to be able to pass it all over the field with them, and it just feels like one of those games that Adrian Peterson goes for like 90 yards and two touchdowns against them as well. So um, that's going to suck. I think that the Jags need to – like they went like way too creative last week. I don't, We never talked about it, and I don't know if you saw, but they had uh-huh. they were in the red zone – or sorry, inside the 30-yard line uh, on four drives and didn't come out with any points last week. Um and one of them was a fourth and one, and they tried a uh, running back pass, and he went to pass it, and he fumbled it. So that was um, that's called getting way too cute at that point. Um, who is the who is the passee? James Robinson. You love to see it. Love to see it. Just take the hands out of Gardner Minshew, you know, and then they. Lambo, their stud kicker, uh, has been out on IR, so they brought in Hauschka. He missed a 24-yard field goal with 20 seconds left in the half. Then the next play, or maybe it was like 40 seconds left in the half, and then next play, Jags pick off Watson, and then two plays later, he misses like a 45-yard field goal, and they go into half down by three points. <laughs> and then at that point, the rest of the second half, they just went for it on fourth downs, and then... Yeah, they they beat themselves that game. They should have beat the Texans. <laughs> you're, not, um, you're not salty about it. That's I'm not salty. I'm not salty about it. Anyways, going back to this game, they need to find a way to get Lavisca Chenault the ball even more. Like they have to. Like they need to run the ball with James Robinson. Like they threw it like 48 times or something like that last game. I don't know what the number was. And then like ran it like 17 times. Like that's not how this Jaguars team is gonna win. Uh, you need to have Minshew throwing it like 25 times a game, and that's how you win the game. Um, need to get Chenault the ball way more often. Uh, James Robinson the ball way more often. I actually think this is probably a pretty high-scoring game. I think it's entertaining, but I will take the Lions to cover the three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm taking it, too. I think the Lions, I'm not going to say they're sitting here clicking, but... It's looking like things might start going their way. You're playing the Jaguars, who Trees just went and absolutely demolished. Can't rely on their kicker to make field goals. 
kind of a tough thing to do if you want to win a football game in the NFL. I'm just to me this is a clear win for the Lions at three and a half, and this it's not like a the Jaguars just suck. It's the Lions should win this game and they should do it with ease in a way. So I'm rolling with the Lions as well. Next game, Broncos at New England to face the Patriots, where they are favored by nine and a half. The New England Patriots are favored by nine and a half. Cam Newton is back. He just got cleared yesterday. Drew Locke is looking like he's going to be back and starting, coming off an AC sprain or joint sprain, I believe is the exact uh, terminology for that. And within it, this is probably exactly why the NFL pushed this game back. It was like, hey, would we rather have Rippon and Stidham start this game or would we rather have Locke and Cam Newton? Pretty easy decision there. Within it, though, I am not taking New England to win by nine and a half. With Drew Locke coming back, hope to God he can stay healthy. I still think there's an, mm, nope. I'm reversing. Melvin Gordon's out, DUI. He's probably suspended not playing this game. I'm taking the Patriots. Broncos don't have anything on offense. You lost Cortland Sutton. You're losing Melvin Gordon. You don't have freaking Von Miller on your defense, and everyone else is just getting hurt. I would be silly to not take the Patriots. And so I'm sorry for trying to promote the Broncos there. It's just not happening when you've lost your star receiver and your starting running back. So maybe next time. Stay healthy, Drew Locke. Stay healthy because I'm starting to become a fan. That's disappointing that you switched because I thought that was a good win for me. Uh, I 100% am taking the Patriots. Patriots coming off of a bye week? Uh, yes, please. Especially when Cam Newton's going to be healthy and hasn't played in a few weeks. Yeah, you know, they're going to run him probably like 20 times. Uh, he'll he'll be just fine. Uh, and this Patriots defense is going to be hungry. And uh, Drew Locke, he's, uh, I think he's turnover prone, I think is the correct terminology for that in his uh, college career. Hasn't been horrible in the NFL with it, but uh, Bill Pelichick's defenses just know how to cause havoc for young quarterbacks. So I will take the Patriots at nine and a half as well. Uh, A game that I can promise you with 100% certainty, I will not watch a single play of Uh, the Washington football team at the New York Giants. New York Giants are two and a half point favorites. Uh, This is just an ugly, ugly game. Uh, I will take the Giants. Um, And maybe that's honestly just me hoping for as well so they can get another win and so maybe the Jags can move up in uh, the draft order as well. So maybe it's just wishful thinking here. But uh, I think that Devontae Freeman has a pretty good game. I think Slayton and that offense... You know, they make a couple big plays. Washington probably causes a lot of headaches for uh, Daniel Jones. I'm sure that that defense gets them the offense in short fields a lot after like a Chase Young strip sack fumble or something like that. Is Uh, he back? Yeah, he's back. He played last week too. Um, Who is starting at quarterback? Sorry to interrupt you off. I actually, so I'm assuming Kyle Allen. I completely missed Chase Allen being back or Chase Young, excuse me, being back last week. Yeah. I feel so, like I would have heard that. All right. Um but I think the offense just isn't gonna put up very many points. I think that the Giants are able to put up a couple touchdowns and Washington kinda gets held to some field goals. So I will take the Giants to cover two and a half points. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna join you. 
I'm not watching this game at all. I don't even want to review it. I don't want to look at it. I might peep the stats and then move on from it. But my my worst fear is this game goes into overtime and it's like an unbelievable finish. And this is the game that we have to uh, be. It's one of our three review games. That's my worst fear. That would be literally our luck. Uh, <laughs> a team that needs some luck is gonna be. The Cleveland Browns, as they travel to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers, where the Steelers are favored by three and a half. I'm going to take the Steelers this game. The way they are playing on both sides of the ball is absolutely phenomenal. They are going to get to Baker Mayfield, and they're going to wreck havoc. And I expect Baker Mayfield, I'm not even kidding you, I would not be surprised if he has three interceptions this game. I'm just going to say, I think Baker Mayfield has multiple interceptions, would not be surprised if it's three. He has gotten lucky with Odell Beckham Jr. and Javaris Landry being on his team to save him out of throws that he is just launching down the field. At a little bit of a point, you love to see it because your quarterback's aggressive. Other times it's like, dude, you wouldn't have done that if it wasn't Odell Beckham Jr. I kind of get it. We'll see how this running game is with that defensive line, but Bud Dupree and then T.J. Watt, like, Talk about a great one-two pass rush duo because the Steelers have it, taking them to win this game, with not with ease, but to win it. I also cannot wait to see Mason Rudolph and uh, Miles Garrett interact with one another on the field. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I did like the way Tomlin was just like, hey, we're not about that. It's 2020. Let's just move on and like get going. So Tomlin always has the right answers. I, I really like that guy. Uh, so for me, uh, I also am taking the Steelers at three and a half and also don't think it is a close game. Also think that Baker struggles. Uh, but I think it's not so much that it's on Baker. I think that this Steelers defense is just pissed for the way that they played and let Carson Wentz light him up all week, uh, last week. So I think they come out with a, with a vengeance right here and, um, try to show everybody why they are the number one, uh, overall defense in their eyes. So for sure, we'll take the Steelers expect a big game from, I mean, all of the pass catcher. I think it's a juju juju game. I think that now that Claypool went off, um, Deontay Johnson's had a couple of pretty solid games. I think it's time for Juju to go off and show everybody why he still is, in my opinion, still the number one wide receiver on that team. And uh, would not be surprised to see yet another like 120, 130 all-purpose yard game from James Conner. Yeah, I mean, the way he's playing has been good as well. Uh Let's get into another big game. I was high on the Philadelphia Eagles after watching them play last week against the Steelers. It looks like, and Treese, I said on our last show, uh, they have found their receiving core of maybe the future with, you know, Mr. Fulgham, and then you put in Greg Ward, Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz. You bring in Dallas Goddard when he is back from his injuries. Is he out for the year? I do not recall. Excuse me. Uh, Goddard is not out for the year. Just a he has a broken ankle, uh, put on short term IR. They're hoping like middle of the uh, season return. Perfect. But anyways, you throw him in the mix. Maybe you get Jalen Rager back as well, uh, and then you throw in Deshaun Jackson if he can stay healthy. Alshon Jeffrey, honestly, might as well try and trade him or just release him because he isn't playing. He isn't helping you anyways. I'm not saying that I'm picking the Eagles to win. But I do think they have a chance. They are big up front. They can slow down the running game to an extent. 
You don't have to worry about Lamar Jackson passing all over you. That is the weakness of the Philadelphia Eagles. I am taking the Eagles to cover this game against the Ravens. And that uh, is where I'm at with it. That is where you're at. Uh, I mean, seven and a half is a lot. I could, I can see why. I can see why you take the Eagles. Um, but I also think that this defense is going to cause chaos for Carson Wentz. I think that this defensive line um, and pass rushers are just going to just get a lot of pressure. So I think I am going to take the Ravens to cover. Don't feel great about it, though. Um, I, I 100% could see me losing this one because seven and a half is just a ton, and I could see it being a one-score game here. Uh, can we see J.K. Dobbins some more Ravens? For the love of hell, like, it is driving me insane watching Dobbins get, like, three touches a game, especially last week when he had, like, 45 yards on three carries or mm-hmm. on three touches. He only had one carry. I think he had two catches. But, man, they just need to be done with Mark Ingram. Like, they just need to. I get it. You're paying him a lot of money. He's a te- like, he's a leader of that team. But, like, there's a lot of times that leaders just don't play as much uh, just because the younger guy is just better. And uh, Dobbins, I can say, is a better team. Or player. I said team, but player. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to, like, I paused because I was like, wait, better team. Okay. I think you're right, though. Like, I don't know what the, the Ravens are doing there in not playing him more. But if, I mean, if you want to keep the running game going, that's fine. But I think he deserves to be added into the mix. Our next game, the Chicago Bears are facing the Carolina Panthers, who are favored by two and a half. To be honest, I think this is going to be a pretty good game. I think it's going to be interesting to see who comes down and wins this game. I am going to take the Panthers to win, though. I think they have enough speed on the offense where they can get the ball out and they can make things happen. Excuse me, there's a possibility that Christian McCaffrey plays. And if that's the case, Joe Brady has this offense running like a fine-tuned machine. You throw in Christian McCaffrey in the mix, look out everybody else. Because the Carolina Panthers are shocking people. I think they are going to disrupt the NFC South more than what they already are. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see how this game plays out. I like the Bears, but just against the Panthers, there's just something about it. They're rolling, and I'm going with the hot hand. Oh, man. I actually was kind of thinking the same thing there. Like, I just really like the way that Teddy Bridgewater's playing. I think he's playing awesome. I think that they do such a good job of getting either – uh, DJ Moore involved. Robbie Anderson has literally became the number one for that team, which is crazy. Such a good thing there. Um, defense is playing well. Derek Brown, their first round pick, is starting to play very, very well. Um, two and a half Carolina. I feel like I just keep betting against the Bears and I keep losing. Like that's, I feel like that's where a majority of my losses are coming from at this point. Um, I'm going to take the Bears. I think that they're Ooh. they're coming off of an extra like three or four days of rest, playing on Thursday night gives uh, Mr. Nick Foles another couple days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now they've had two solid weeks uh, of him being the the starter. They've had plenty of practice time. 
uh, another week to kind of figure out the offense without Tariq Cohen involved. So, yeah, I'll take the Bears to win this game. Perfect. Next one. Yeah. Uh, the Jets are traveling to Miami. Miami's favored by nine and a half. I, there's nothing to be too excited here. The Dolphins win. We saw Fist Magic take place last week against, or in San Francisco, I should say, or at least in California. Santa Clara, I think, is where the 49ers are actually at. So the New Jersey Jets make their way down to Miami. They're getting their ass whipped by nine and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose by two touchdowns. This team is absolutely atrocious. Thank you, Miami, for the W. Welcome to Miami. Uh, short and sweet. I totally agree. Another game without Sam Darnold. What are you going to do with uh, Mr. Joe Flacco? You can, um, what, throw for like 180 yards and no touchdowns, maybe a pick. Like, I just see this team running all over them. And what, what I really liked about the Dolphins last week and their just blowout of the Niners is they actually made Jordan Howard inactive and they rolled with Gaskin and Brita and just said, well, you know what? Maybe speed is what we need. Duh. And um, <laughs> yeah. and look no what happened. Shit. So I, I kind of like that duo of Brita and Gaskin. I get like they like Howard because of goal line, but I think they're starting to realize, well, you know what? Brita can do the job or we'll just put the We'll just put it in Fitz Magic's hands and just say, hey, we're inside the two, inside the three. You do what you need to do. You've had a couple rushing touchdowns now. Like, if you need to do that, we'll spread it out, give you that those lanes if you need it. And if not, like, find the open guy and hit him. Like, we got we got big bodies in Parker and Gieski and even Preston Williams. So uh, I kind of like going that route with just Gaskin and Breida as your main running backs. Yep, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head there. Another big matchup, though. The Green Bay Packers are traveling to Tampa where the – ooh, excuse me, I almost read that wrong. The Packers are traveling to Tampa, but the Packers are favored by one and a half. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers. The way that Aaron Rodgers and this offensive look is looking is great. The Buccaneers' defense is still figuring it out, but, man, they're looking good, too. It's really just the offense for the Buccaneers on – are they going to get in a rhythm? How is it going to be? How is Tom Brady playing? This is really their first big matchup where they're at the point in the year. Where it's like, okay, hey, we know what both of these teams can be, especially competing in the NFC. This might be a preview later down the road of what we could see in the playoffs. I mean, it, it truly could be. It's what all of us want to see. Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. I am taking Green Bay, though. I also am taking Green Bay, and – it's hard because I think Godwin is back, which makes this game a little bit more interesting. But at the same time, this is the first game without Vita Vea now. So Vita Vea broke his ankle on Thursday night, and he is the dude that stops the run for that team. And, I mean, you got a team that has been clicking on all cylinders on the running game the last couple of weeks because they've had to in the Packers because they haven't had wide receivers on the field. And so I think a big game from Aaron Jones is coming. I, I also expect a big game from Jamal Williams. So I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers to win this game. Uh, one of those classic, maybe Aaron, maybe the running backs have like 200 total rushing yards, but no touchdowns. But Aaron Rodgers has like four or five touchdowns because they get inside like the five and he just makes, he makes the play. And then everybody on ESPN is going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I'm also taking Green Bay. I th- I'm very excited for this game. I will be like, this is the afternoon game, so I'm going to be like fully in on this game. This is an afternoon game? A 3 o'clock game, right? 
Yeah, sorry. Two. Yeah, okay. Correct. Three o'clock your time. Yeah, sorry. Okay. I was like, wait, what? Uh, anyways, next game, Battle of California, Los Angeles Rams at San Francisco to face the 49ers. Uh, the Rams are favored by three and a half. I'm smashing it. Give me the Rams all day. You looked at what the 49ers, they've looked like against the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins the last two games. I am taking the Rams to just wallop the 49ers once again. And Kyle Shanahan's going to be looking at this team going, how in the hell did we pay Jimmy Garoppolo this much money? I think that's really what it's coming down to with the, with San Francisco. Their defense is banged up. You already know it. Sean McVay's just licking his chops looking at this defense going, ooh, they're weak. They are not strong. Watch us go. <clears throat> Man, this one's so tough. Uh, during my preseason stuff, I, I had some bold predictions on these teams. Rams, like, sweeping the Niners and stuff like that. Um... I want to take the Niners just because I just don't see a Shanahan team getting blown out like that two times in a row. I just don't. And I could and I could still see him losing this game and only losing by three. Like, they could still lose by three, and I would win that bet. Um, if you take the 49ers? Yeah. It's three and a half for the Rams. So they have to win by four. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. I don't know. I guess I'm somehow can, like mentally fucked with that. I don't know why. Rams are three and a half point favorites, so they have to win by four to win this bet. If they only win by three, the if I took the Niners, the Niners win that bet. Hey, I just had a mental lapse. I you're apologize. Good you're good. I don't know you're good. why. Well, know what? I just, like, we've had how many? I mean, I guess we, we haven't had that many games. I was about to say, we've had so many in a row. We've had two in a row. We've actually had a lot of differences <laughs> this week. One, two, three, four. We have four differences already. Uh, do I play it safe or do I just try to... Sh- risk it for it. the biscuit, Trees. Yep, I'll take the ramps. All right. Not risking it. Whatever. Let's see if you risk this next one. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to Buffalo to face the Bills. Uh, Both teams coming off disappointing losses, honestly, against teams that everyone kind of thought they would win uh, or in those matchups, I should say. Kansas City is favored by three and a half, making the trip to New York, uh, upstate New York, I should say. I am going to take my Kansas City Chiefs. I think they figure it out. Um, Still not sure what they're going to do on the Le'Veon Bell situation, but it doesn't matter. Everyone is already saying, hey, teams have figured out how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They're pissed off. Like they're they're not they're looking sluggish. Their offensive line's weak. The defense is all out of sorts. Patrick Mahomes and this team is hearing it. And then you're looking at Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, like, man, we're pissed on how we played. I'm gonna say the Kansas City Chiefs are probably more pissed off than the Bills are because you also heard the new Las Vegas Raiders took a victory lap around your stadium after winning. That would that pisses me off. I can only imagine how they feel. They probably don't give a fucking shit, to be honest. But it's just something that you can add, like fuel to the fire, and it's like, all right, hey, we were disrespected. We lost. We're not taking that again. We're not going to lose back-to-back games. We're fine. Let's go out and take care of business here against the Bills and get the W. I'm rocking with the Chiefs. I mean, we're, we're going to be boring here. I also am rocking with the Chiefs. I just don't see them losing two games in a row. I was uh, fully expecting you to take the Bills. I'm not going to lie. 
I don't know why. Like, I had them only winning the Bills only winning nine games this year. <laughs> Let's not forget that I had them winning the division at nine and seven. So they're they're actually doing a lot better than what I thought they were going to be doing. Uh, but I think the Chiefs just win this game. I think that they're again. I think they're mad. I think that Mahomes comes out firing. I think that. Uh, they just exploit some of the weaknesses on the uh, Bills' defense, which isn't very many, <laughs> to be clear. Like, there's not a lot, but I think that Mahomes can just do that. Um, it very much feels like a the Bills say, hey, we got some stud corners and safeties. Let's go one-on-one. Let's play a whole bunch of man. And it's something that I feel like Mahomes has been doing way more this season than last season. It's just like, oh, you're playing man-to-man, and all you guys are looking down the field? Okay, I'll just take off running. And... Like it really feels like a seventy-yard game for Mahomes on the on the ground. Like it just does. Like he, he has like six or seven, just like ten, eight-yard runs. You know, just enough to get first downs, and then you know calls it good. So um, I do think it's a good game. I think that it's, it ends. Up, I think it's a one-score game majority of the time. I just think that the uh, Bills just don't have what it takes to uh, beat the Chiefs right now. I mean, all fair points. Our next matchup, the Arizona Cardinals are traveling to Dallas face Cowboys. Arizona's favored by two and a half. I'm taking the Cardinals. The gruesome injury to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Um, it's going to be tough to overcome that. Yes, you get Andy Dalton, an experienced veteran in. He was able to help lead the Cowboys down the field to pick up a victory um, last week against the Giants. But that defense is like the worry. Like You can't stop anything. We're seeing Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins on the same page deep. That's scary enough in itself. I expect all the Arizona Cardinals receivers to just have a massive game against the secondary, and Arizona rolls out of Dallas with just big smiles on their faces on a W. Yeah, you can't take the Cowboys. Like, you just can't. Like, it's such an unknown at this point. I'm surprised it's only two and a half right now. And maybe it's because they think, hey, Monday night it gives uh, another day of practice uh, for Dalton. Maybe that's what it is. But, I mean, you just have to. I, Cardinals, I mean, given, yes, they they won last week, but it was against the Jets. They, they honestly haven't played that well the last three weeks either. Like, they just haven't. But I think this offense just gashes the Cowboys. Uh, again, I just talked about uh, Mahomes having a lot of rushing yards. I'm sure Murray's going to just go off against this team. Uh, there is no nothing that this defensive line can do. Like they are always like the defensive ends are always not like going outside super wide, and there's going to be just running lanes for days for Kyler Murray. So fully expect that. I expect I expect just big days from everybody. Hopkins, Kirk. Honestly, probably even Drake at this point. Like, it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I just don't. It feels like the time is coming for Kenyon Drake to have a big game, and I could see it being this one. Like, yeah, we kind of saw uh, Joe Mixon a couple weeks ago, and like, all right, hey, finally exploded onto the scene for this season. I have a feeling we see it with Kenyon Drake this week, for sure. Um, you know this, but like. I was a huge Mixon guy at the start of the year, huge Drake guy at the start of the year, Having bo- had them both in my fantasy team. Traded Mixon for Miles Sanders the week before Mixon's huge game. So that sucked, but then then Sanders went off last week, so I was fine yeah. with it. And actually today I just traded Kenyon Drake. So we'll see how that turns out. So The two guys that you made me like <laughs> trade or pick, not, I shouldn't say made, but highly recommended I go after in fantasy. I did. 
Not working out too hot for me. Not yet. Anyway. I mean, Drake hasn't been bad. No. I mean, he's Lider putting Edwards up 12 Allaire points. Edwards has not been as productive as I thought he would be, though. That me is either. for sure. That's for sure. Me, that I will 100% agree with. Um, <clears throat> all right, before we sign off, we got to do our player prop bets for Sunday night game, yes. which is that Niners-Rams uh, battle of California. So I have 49er quarterback down because I just didn't know if Jimmy G was going to play or not. So it's whoever, whatever San Francisco quarterback starts the game, this, that is what this is for. 253 passing yards. Under, really. I'm taking the under on this one. I know I've been an over guy. I just don't think so. Against this team, you got Aaron Donald in the middle. The linebackers haven't been that bad for the Los Angeles Rams. Jalen Ramsey is playing well. I mean, the secondary has been good. I just don't think it matters. Even with Kyle Shanahan calling plays, I just don't think they get I, – I wouldn't be surprised if they get 250 like or 251, but I don't think they're getting over that 253 mark. I know that's only two yards of what I just said, but that lets me win the bet. Still is. It does. Um – I think I agree with you there, and I'll go the under as well. Um, yeah, I'll go the under. Uh, Mostert, Raheem Mostert, 71 rushing yards. This is tough because I missed it last time with him, didn't I? Yeah, because he didn't play. I'll just I'll tell you, I'm going over. That's what I wanted to do. That, I mean, it's not just to copy you. I was thinking it, but you picking it just solidifies it, and then – if we're both wrong, we're both wrong. But George Kittle, 67 yards, yeah, over. I don't know why that's not just 100. Like, just, fuck, <laughs> George Kittle, like, shit. I know. I try to I try to be a little bit more creative than that. So, George Kittle, 67. I also am taking the over there. So, we are the same for all the Niner stuff. So, let's see if we're different on any of the Rams things. Jared Goff, 255 passing yards. Over. Robert Woods, Higby. Cooper Cup, have yourselves a day. Los Angeles Rams and Jared Goff, I'm taking the over. And then I'm just going to be that guy. I'm going to take the over on all of them. Rushing yards at 45 for Henderson. Yup. Cooper Cup over 70 yards. Yup. There it is. Thank you. 70 receiving yards for Cup, 100%. Yeah. So I also am taking the over on Goff. He's been over that every single game this year. I'm also taking the over on Cup because if you have 250 five passing yards you're most likely going to have 70 to your number one or one b wide receiver the henderson one is tricky for me because he's still they're still playing brown and acres came back last week looked very very good after the game uh mcveigh said that he wanted to get acres more involved i kind of think that they ease him back into it after the injury so 45 i could see the over there um, I actually think this is very close. I think that he ends up being right around that, hence why I put this number. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do over because it would just be we had the exact same every single one today. And so there'd be no way of us changing. Like Our record would be the exact same heading into next week. Put under for me on Mozart's rushing yards then. Okay. Want to know what? I'll, and then I'll take the under here for Henderson. I'll go under because I think it's super close. And then I'll let you have the over there on Henderson. So we're so we're different on the two running backs. There we go. There it is. There it is. So super excited here. Uh, this week just feels like it's going to be a fun week. I'm like, changing I, I'm my mind excited. on the quarterback as well. Sorry to cut you off. 
the 49ers quarterbacks are going to go over. They're going to be down so much. It's going to be garbage yards at the end of the game, no matter who it is. Because should we just make this, like, collective quarterback? No. You like that, that's what makes this hard, right? Like, I don't want to be like – because if it was collective, like, I probably would go over too. That's why I'm saying it's whoever starts the game. You sure you want to go over? No, nah, change it back. Change okay. it back. Going tried over. to tried to scheme my way there. Ain't doing it. I'm fine okay. with where I'm at. I ain't making any more differences. Okay. Anyways, about the games. Like, the – like the two o'clock, or I guess three o'clock your time, but two o'clock my time, afternoon game and on, they're all going to be fun. Like you have, and given Jets and Dolphins is an afternoon game, but we'll ignore that one. But like the Packers Bucks game, the Rams Niners game, G- Chiefs Bills, I mean Cardinals Cowboys, it might just be a fest of just scoring a bunch of points. Like it might be a yeah. blowout, but I think there's going to be a lot of like big and exciting plays there. So that's going to be awesome. Eagles-Ravens is going to be fun to watch. Browns-Steelers is always just a fun battle. Bears-Panthers could be fun. Falcons-Vikings is going to be fun now just because we have this uh, difference here. So that's just going to be fun just because of that. And uh, we'll see how the rest goes. So um, anything else you want to talk about? Don't forget that the Saints, Chargers, Raiders, and Seahawks are all on bye week. Change your fantasy lineups and don't forget it because uh, (laughs) – I almost have. So if I almost have, I know someone else out there has. Be sure to keep the track of that in your fantasy teams. Good luck. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Awesome. Thanks, guys. And tonight we've been talking football.